allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I'm Dave Sellers. <laughs> I, lo- I thought I lost you there, Dave, for a moment. <laughs> I was like, there's a little, pause. There's a little bit of pause. Oh, was there? No. <laughs> I was like... Well, let's see. Hockey's on. Mass Effect. Uh, what's going on here? No, I'm playing the games right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Just uh, checking out the Kickstarter. That's all. Yeah. So, uh, Miles, what's on our menu tonight? Tell us a little bit about what's going on. It's really not uh, not much. It's not a huge menu, but um, we're going to talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world, and uh, but we we. Um, uh, we're going to be talking to Scott Wakefield and uh, Rory Boyle of uh, Silverline Comics. Uh, they have an exciting project, uh, a, a, a steampunk comic uh, called uh, Steam Patriots. So we're going to talk, talk to them, talk about their uh, their uh, Kickstarter and how you can uh, get a copy of this comic book. Yeah, absolutely. And it was what we actually did the interview prior to recording this intro. We just had a great conversation with those guys, didn't we? We did. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it was really good, really good. Really good questions and really good dialogue, and it was awesome. Well, let's jump into our sci-fi world. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I guess I can jump in. I don't have too much. I've just been watching um, this anime called Golden Kamui. So if you like um, historical fiction at all, then I really, really recommend it. It's really good. Um, Golden Kamui. Set in Hokkaido in um, obviously Japan after the, I guess there was a war between Japan and Russia, um, and also has a lot of the Ainu um, culture. So, if you like any of the things that I just said, you need to go watch it. Like, in fact, just to stop and go watch it and then come back. <laughs> so, where, where is it streaming at? Um, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay, so Crunchyroll. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. Like, I'm like, obsessed with it right now good good so which also means that i'm now currently obsessed with japan and russian war so <laughs> oh, what was the name of that again golden kamui golden kamui it's so good i love it I, I just i just thought back to the old calvin and Hobbes comics and his favorite story hamster huey and the gooey kablooey oh true <laughs> yeah <laughs> different different story like different story um, yeah. i do love calvin Hobbes though yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, what's really great about this um, anime and, and the manga is that they use the Ainu language, which is really actually um, important because so many languages are dying right now, dying out as the speakers are dying. And so to have this preserved is actually, um, to me, a really important um, thing, especially since for so many years the dominant Japanese culture was attempting to wipe out the Ainu. Um, and so in recent years, they've actually stopped doing that. 
um, and now they're allowing it to flourish and be preserved. So in, in some ways, the fact that it is being represented in a anime or manga is actually a really huge leap forward mm. or um, just that culture in general. So is it subbed or dubbed that you're watching it? Um, I am watching it with subtitles. Okay. So good. Awesome. Yeah. But I guess even, and they really do a really good job of apparently perfecting like the accents of the different regional dialects. Um, so it's just, it's a really well done show. Um, a lot of the weapons are as historically accurate as they can make them because apparently the different parts of the team, um, did like different research. So the person who was in charge of drawing the weapons spent a long time researching just the weapons, the people who were in charge of props and like clothing just spent, you know, hours looking at the historical clothing. So it's such a beautifully done anime from just an art perspective and historical perspective. And then the story itself is just really, really good. I really like the characters. I like how they address trauma from war and what that's like. And even just, how the response to it can be very therapeutic. It's just, it's just beautiful. I love mm, it. Good. A plus. Cool. Yeah. And so that's what's going on in your sci-fi world. That is the only thing that's, that's going on. Uh, right there now. you go. There you go. <laughs> I look at, I said, I'm obsessed. Very good. Uh, well, I'll go. Um, so my sci-fi world, I have been, uh, I have been on a Lord of the Rings kick for a long time. Um, started with the Cimmerillion, read the Baron Luthien, the fall of Gondolin and, uh, oh, there's another one that I just care. Oh, the children of Huron. And now I'm reading the lost tales and I am totally into it. In fact, I just picked up, I was just telling a blind, blind guardian has a, an album called the nightfall of middle earth. That is a, it's an, is a, uh, came out in the late nineties and it's like eighties symphonic metal, but it's all about middle earth. Like the entire album is, and it's really well done. So I was just listening to that. In fact, I just telling you guys, I don't, Chris, I don't know if you were on, but I, I picked up the album, this version of the album, because the vinyl on it is the color of the Silmarils. So it's that, so like, like there's a lot into it. So I'm really delving into Tolkien right now. Um, You've but, had me at 80 symphonic metal. I know. Like, right? I come into your house <laughs> right. after this. Like, I want to listen. Yeah. Like, like, who cares about Tolkien? 80s symphonic metal. But, you know. Yes, so, I'm there. <laughs> but, you know, so really into Tolkien. Uh, I've been working on a, I've been uh, aligned with that. I wrote in 2007 a epic poem uh, in verse, about 100 pages long, called the Despair of Crichelia, that's set kind of in a world similar to Tolkien's. Uh, it deals with elves and men. Um, and uh, so I've picked that, as I've gotten into this, I've been dialoguing with one of uh, my coworkers at work about it, and I got inspired to rework it. So I'm going back and reworking it, and it's written in like four different types of verse, and each verse is representative of what's going on in the story. Um, so it's very epic in that point. So it's a story about this elven maid who has a power of song, has a gift of song that just really can transform things with her, her voice and her parents get very jealous and mistreat her. And she's, um, basically abused by her parents and she flees and, um, 
and there's like there's like three despairs. It's not a very happy story. There's three despairs, and then there's a chapter that's like marriage, a marriage chapter. And so there's a love story kind of interwoven, uh, and there's cataclysmic event at the end that kind of rends the world in two, and it's just great. So I'm working. Very German. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. into it. <laughs> right, right. So I'm working on that right now. Um, I did read Andy Andy Weir's Hail um, Project Hail Mary, uh, the guy that wrote The Martian and Artemis, uh, and it's a good book. I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it. Um, it's written in first person point of view, and you deal with a guy that wakes up in space and he has amnesia. Um, but there are some major twists along the way that make it good. It's um, not as good as The Martian. The Martian is still one of my favorite books. I've, re- I've rewritten that book seven times. Uh, but uh, Project Hail Mary is good, is is definitely a, a good story. And then other than that, um, I I have finally, in the third season, been sucked into The Expanse. Um and it took me three seasons to get to the part where I finished one episode. I'm like, got to start the next one right away. So I know a show's hooked me when it gets to that point. Um, but it took me a while. Like, I, like, like, and and again, I read all the books, and so I was drawing comparisons. Um, but the characters have finally grown in me and I've, I've allowed them to be kind of their own entity so that they aren't, they, they don't need to be what we're seeing in the books. And that's okay. Um, but they are following the storyline pretty closely. Um, and so that's interesting as well. So, so I'm thoroughly enjoying the expanse. And that's probably the only thing new that I'm watching. So I haven't watched Bad Batch. Did any of you guys watch Bad Batch? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, in your sci-fi world, you're going to have to talk about that then. <laughs> so, But that's pretty much it with my sci-fi world. That's been uh, pretty much it. Cool. So Dave, Miles? Go for it, uh, Miles. So I am watching Castlevania on Netflix. They dropped another season on there. I suspect this will probably be the last one it just feels like that they're wrapping up the story there uh so i'm catching a little anime there too and there's some new anime on netflix that i might uh, check out as well uh checked out star wars the bad batch i'm liking it there's been two episodes so far um i'm also enjoying superman and lois on the cw i gotta say as a superman show uh it's very well written that they, they, they've done a more unique look at the character and the other of the characters it's you know superman slash clark kent you know raising two you know two twin boy 15 year old boys one is a you know super jack the other one is you know he's got social anxieties uh but one of them has started to show that he has powers like his dad and uh um him struggling with that and trying to help him through that and stuff. And plus, you know, you know, trying to keep the world safe as well. And, and and is what Lois trying to also do her part as well is trying to save the world by, uh, you know, showing the truth, you know, the the way that the the truth, the way that things are really going, uh, watching the manifest and, uh, debris on NBC. Um, 
fallen out of debris a little bit, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably catch up on that again. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and Black Lightning on the CW when I can. Uh, I'm reading right now uh, 30,000 BC uh, Chronicles. Uh, Tuscan Eats, second book. Uh, it's written by Matthew Thayer and uh, Darko Tomic and uh, Kelsey Sadler. I uh, just downloaded uh, The Time Tunnel by Richard Todd and a Battlestar Galactic graphic novel. I haven't, I've been missing the Battlestar Galactica universe, and uh, I saw this graphic novel, and I thought I'd, I'd check that out. So um, that's it's a volume three graphic novel by Greg Pak, Nigel Rayner, and Jonathan Lau. So um, that's what I'm enjoying right now. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Cool beans. Dave, how about you? Uh, mine's been kind of slow. Um, I had the bad batch. I think I got, I think I'm still an episode behind. I know I watched the pilot this past weekend, but uh, might be an episode behind on that. I'm not sure. Um, for all you tabletop gamers out there, I got to sit down and learn how to play Twilight Imperium over this past weekend. Um, six hours into it, and we barely scratched the surface of gameplay. The guy who I was playing with said they played the other weekend for it took them 12 hours to start and complete a game with six players. Wow. It, it is it is insanely intricate. But damn if it ain't fun. Oh, awesome. It, it 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 was that that is a fun game if you've got enough friends to play it with and certainly you can carve out an entire day to do it. Um Watching, I haven't been watching much like I said, other than Bad Batch. I got into this 80s movie kick on Netflix that sucked me down the rabbit hole. So I've been watching the likes of Under Siege, uh, Enter the Dragon, Quigley Down Under. You know, some of those right. old those old great movies like that. Um, but the biggest thing was, and EA's got to love me with all the money I've given them over the years for this. They released the Legendary Edition of Mass Effect, which is uh, all three, the first three games together in one package. They remastered the the, the first game. It looks absolutely amazing. Um, the graphics, the interface, all of that. And I have been playing that nonstop, practically nonstop, um, since last week last thursday last friday whenever it was i got it i was home with my daughter on quarantine when she was quarantined as a close contact and everything so i had two extra days added to my weekend that were full of playing this game oh darn what a shame she had i know it's been horrible uh, i've owned this game on every platform i've ever had nice. and i just bought it again for ps4 because it came out it, it, if you've never played it get it and play it it is the best in, in my humble opinion, the best sci-fi game I have ever played. The storyline between all three is is awesome. The gameplay is great, but it but Bioware really went out really changed things for me when they made this game. Every choice you make in the fr- choices you make in the first game and in the second game impact how the story goes in the third like it really does make a difference how you do certain things who survives who you save what you know what calls you make 
and it has an impact at the end of the third game. It, it is it is tremendous. I, I love it, and I'm so glad I'm playing it again. It's been far too long. But uh, that's been my sci-fi world here. You miss you miss Thrawn. Oh yes, my God! Thank you, Scott. I finished, <laughs> uh, I finished the newest uh, the newest Thrawn ascendancy novel uh, on the audiobook, and you know it's it's Timothy Zahn. It's a great book. Um, I, I I can't wait for the, the the third and final one of this trilogy to come out. It, it's it's a really good read. I can't wait to see him in a in a show. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm going to be like a six, you know, six year old come Christmas morning. Dude, I will get a text I, from you so fast. You'll be like, you got to oh check God. out the episode. Are you watching this now? You got to watch it now. I don't care what you're doing. Drop everything. <laughs> Tell the guests they can wait. You got to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome. It, I, I can't wait for that. Good, good. Awesome. Well, tonight, um, tonight we of course uh, had have or have a chat had a chance to interview uh, Wakefield and Boyle from Silverline Comics, and uh, we're going to share that interview with you in just a bit. Um, before we do that, I know that we have coming up our next episode would traditionally be our Star Trek pilot, but we're out of Star Trek pilots. Did we decide on our next pilot yet? We haven't. Um... Maybe, maybe we could find some shows we haven't reviewed yet. I'm thinking like like Stargate Atlantis. Uh, well, you know. Um, well, we did maybe, we, we did we did Stargate right. We did Stargate, but we didn't do Stargate Atlantis. So we could just do the we could just do Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe and get the Stargates out of the way. We sure. I'm okay. down for that. Yeah. And then we can go from there. It might be nice to maybe Did you do uh, the Stargate movie. Uh, yes. We have. Okay. We did. That was a. Uh, that was on our. That was a. Uh, we did a rewind a while ago with that one. But. Yeah, it was. Okay. That yeah. was some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, right. and, you know, as far as other sci- you know sci-fi show pilots, you know, we can find ones we haven't done yet. Uh, as, so as, let's uh, say Stargate Atlantis. Stargate Atlantis. Two weeks from now, we'll do that. Okay. Beautiful. Sounds that sounds good. All right, so uh, we are, we're doing this interview with Wakefield and Boyle. Uh, how do you think it went when we uh, chatted with these guys? It was a lot of fun. Uh, these guys definitely have a there's a lot of passion for this project. They're very excited for it, and, um, and and it sounds like you know it's a great story they're trying to tell. Yeah, steampunk and American Revolution. What can go wrong? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. American Revolution, a lot went wrong before it went right, although depending on who you asked, it didn't go right. But I mean, right. I mean it, seem okay with it if, now. You, if, if you're if you're English, you, it didn't go right at all. But you know. And even for the I, mean, I think where they, I think where they've seen it and gone, they're like, you know what? You, you guys can have it. We're good. We don't want to right, deal with right, right, crazy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now they sent their prince over here. They're playing the long game. They are. They are. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Is you see, their son is going to become president, and then they're just going to like somehow like clandestine assassinate all of the other people, and then the president will be simultaneously the king, and that's how they're going to get their colony back. They're right. Long game. The long game. You hear uh, that? 
We have ideas for Scott and uh, Roy. I I oh, know yeah. what's happening. I'm 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 seeing it. <laughs> yeah, clairvoyance. There you are. There yep. you are. Anyways, That's we had a, that all happens. Yeah, well, we had a fantastic conversation. We're going to share that with you in just a moment. But uh, um, it was a, it was a really good time. So um, we are going to do a formal closeout of the show here because it's going to be kind of weird. We'll just share the interview and we'll allow that to close the show and. Uh, Hope you enjoy it, and we will see you in, I guess, about two, three weeks. We'll have to set a date here sometime, and uh, it'll be, it might be a little bit easier with summer. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this all out. So, But, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Enjoy the interview, and it was great chatting with you, Miles, Dave, and Chrissy, and, having, uh, and just uh, finding so, out about what's going on in your life. Likewise. Yeah, absolutely. attention, exciting developments, and new projects in sci-fi, wherever that be live action, literature, and graphic novels. Today, we'd like to introduce Mr. Scott Wakefield and Mr. Rory Boyle, graphic novel authors of the new series, Steam Patriots, a Silver Line Comics production. Mr. Wakefield and Mr. Boyle, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you very thank much. You. Sure. Honored to be here. Yeah. So it's been, it's been cool because, Scott, you reached out. I bet it was about a year ago. It, I think it was, it was, it was, it was during the, was it during the pandemic, Dave? Do you remember? It was sometime. Yeah. That was our, when the, at least the first one I sat in on. Yeah. We were off. So I'm like, perfect timing. Let's talk to, uh, and so, yeah. And, uh, we had a mutual connection, a mutual friend that you had met Steve and Terry Miller shout out for them here on the show, yeah. but great, great my friends from, from when I was my teenage years, I've known them for a long time. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you were in that rural New York area, huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, so uh, Rory and I were both uh, in the Coast Guard. I was in. I got out in 2014. So I spent almost 11 years. So I moved away, moved back, moved away, uh, moved back. Yep. And so yeah, Steve and I have been buddies since elementary school, and Terry uh, since high school. So yeah, I'm back in Western New York, uh, almost exactly between Buffalo and Rochester, All out right. in the country. Nice. Well, thank you for your service. Well, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, before we talk about your work, let's find out a little bit. You just told us a little bit about uh, sure. your growing up, but um, how? I guess in particular, since we're talking about comics tonight, um, and we talked a little bit about sci-fi to Star Trek, tell me a little bit about your background. And Scott, we're going to start with you. Uh, what got you into science fiction, and then in particular? comics tell us a little bit about that story sure um comics i don't i don't consider myself uh any um uh anything special in that world uh with my knowledge or or anything i've contributed yet hopefully yet um but i've always loved comic books um love reading love sci-fi and fantasy stories uh just devoured star trek television shows and, and all of that and um always wanted to tell stories. I've, I've, I've loved, uh, you know, audible stories and the written word and movies and everything, good storytelling. And, uh, it wasn't until I was uh, in the coast guard that I thought I'd, I'd go and get my degree for writing. So that, that started towards the end of my coast guard career. And, um, once I got out, I enrolled in Full Sail University, um, a fantastic uh, school geared toward the entertainment industry. 
and got my degree in creative writing for entertainment. So it's a visual arts, um, it's for the visual entertainment industry. Um, and we had a class of uh, storyboarding co- and comics and, and sequential art. And I thought, this, this is incredible. I love comic books. I love the medium. I love the combination of the word and the visual side. And the story, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, um, but our story, Roy and I have been working on, we, we, we started it a decade ago, and it's, it's been fits and starts, uh, coming, coming and going, and, you know, we were stationed together, and then really, like, in, like, five time zones apart, and so it, it kind of went on the back burner, and then when I started, when I got into the school, I said, Rory, we got to make this a, a comic book. It was originally slated to be a novel and then a series of novellas. And the comic book idea, when we when I said it, Roy and both of us, yes, it, was, it definitely has to be a, a comic book. So that's when I dove into the art of comic book making and um, and and how to write for that that medium. It's it's they're all everything's every you know screenplays and uh, books and short stories are all different, and comic books have been. It's been exciting. I loved. I've loved learning how they how they're made, and then. Um, also, the, the teamwork uh, that goes into it, sometimes, you know, group project is like one of the worst phrases ever in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> teamwork, the, working with an artist and, uh, with, and with Rory and then our editor um, to make the story really awesome has been it's been great. And, and then when we get, get, get the art back, it's, it's, it's amazing. like the story. I'm not I'm not going to I mean, I honestly, the artist had some um, input on the story. Like he draws something. And we think, wow, that's not quite the way we envisioned it. It's better, but it's better. It's yeah. better to change the story, and we've, we've adjusted the story because of the art. Yeah. Um, just a, a facial expression, or or the way he drew, um, a, a, you know, a movement or an explosion or something. We thought, okay, this can be, this is better. And um, the comic book world. And now I'm 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 trying to dive in and catch up. Um, I mentioned our Wednesday show. Uh, I host, but the guys that are on the show. Um, Dean Zachary and Tommy Floramonte, they've been in the business and they, you know, when you've drawn Batman, when you've, <laughs> for, you know, really for DC, you know, not just for fun. Um, that's, uh, that's some credentials yeah, and is. they know how to tell stories. And so I try to glean everything I can from them. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's awesome to, to, to learn and, and, and read and, and, and build my craft Scott, I did want to follow up with a question here. Is Silverline Comics, is that kind of your creation or was it a collaborative effort as well? I mean, where did that come out of? So Silverline, and I am i can't speak as well to it as our uh, – so to answer your question, no. Um, Silverline is um, the, 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 the baby of Roland Mann, and he was at – I'm going to goof it up, so forgive me. But um, he ended up um, through the years being uh, – uh, at Malibu, uh, out in California. And then again, if I goof it up, I'm sorry. Malibu got bought up by Marvel. Malibu was going to carry, well, carried a lot of their titles and there's a lot more slated for it. And I don't know the whole story. If you ever want to have Roland Mann on, he could talk about the industry. Um, and then, uh, in the, the great purge of the nineties at, at, at the comic books, um, a lot of people were sent on their, on their way. So he started Silverland before that, and then was a packager during the Malibu time using Silverline to create new titles and send those out. And then he had a he had a quick resurgence of Silverline. I think 
um, it's called the Silverline 2.0. I think he's calling the Silverline 3.0. So he's, <laughs> okay. he's all of his, his legacy titles and they're not all his. He has a lot of uh, great writers that wrote titles back in the nineties, um, late eighties and nineties. And he's, a lot of them were colored because he couldn't afford it. So now he's getting them colored and, and reviving them, but he's got a whole slew of new titles coming in. So this, the, so he, he picked up um, steam Patriots and um, that that's been in the works with Silverline for a little while for, Oh, I mean, more than, more than half a year now, I think, okay. but just, just with the, his production schedule. So yeah, yeah Roland Mann and uh, Dean Zachary and Barb Kalberg um, have been the, the folks who've revived Silverline. Okay. And we've got quite a slate of, of titles now. And okay. um, the problem they have now is that they're just getting them out, getting them right. you know, you're published and, and in people's hands. Right. It's a good problem to have. It is, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, Roy, we, we heard uh, from you, Scott. Roy, tell us a little bit about your background here as far as how did you get into comics? How did you get into sci-fi? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, always been into sci-fi. I'm the, I'm the youngest of three, so my older siblings were into it first. So, of course, whatever they were into, I had to be into. Uh, local library didn't have too many comics, so I read the same five over and over again for about 12 years. Uh, my sister got me my first comic. Uh, she went overseas to Germany and brought me back a Spider-Man comic in German. I got to find that and frame it. it was, it's good. Um, so not a huge comic background more more sci-fi background and all the oddities that come with it uh like scott said we were in the coast guard together stationed in buffalo and that that idea just it was like a spark it just hit us and we started writing it putting it together uh and then like you said yeah it just steampunk is such a visual genre we'd be doing it a disservice not not putting it in you know in pictures and print like that yeah so you got a Kickstarter campaign, which we're delighted to say at this time you've exceeded your goal. Yes. Um, so that, that, that's great news there, but uh, it's still going on for a few more days. Uh, tell us a little, but, but for the folks that still want to support your uh, uh, Kickstarter, there, there's an incentive to do so. Can you please you know tell us about that? And um, as a follow up, please tell we want to get into the world of steam Patriots. Sure. So Kickstarter wise, yes, we're very happy to say that it is fully funded. So and, um, first of all, uh, Silverline does not put anything on Kickstarter that's not ready to go. So there's no speculation. You know, there's no chance that you won't get it uh, unless it's not funded. But all of their projects have been funded. So the stellar, stellar business model has worked swimmingly so far. Yeah. So the Silverline puts the, the, the book up there. Uh, they, they're really just hoping to pay for the print run and the shipping and then get it out there. And they use Kickstarter to get the stories out there. So the moment this is done, especially now that it's funded, everybody who backs it, that it's going to go to the printer in the end of this month. And they should have it a few weeks after that. So now because um, it's funded, we want, well, of course we want more people to get the books. We're adding stretch goals. And at every $500 increment, Roland has added a new goal. So everybody who backs it, if they if we reach those goals, so for instance, we're waiting for five thousand um, bucks. Everybody's going to get a cool uh, bookmark. It's a double sided bookmark. It's got a divinity art on one side, and then we created a little um, supposed to be kind of a seventeen hundreds uh, business card. They had a thing called a trade card back then on the other side. 
It's very, very much an Easter egg. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little Easter egg for our story, a little bit more um, uh, for our super fans to dive into the story and learn about the hero. Uh, and then the next, so I think at 5,500, and I don't have it in front of me, I think we have a, a, a patch coming um, that we've created. And then down the line, uh, we do have, you can get um, the rough draft that I wrote back in 2012. Uh, so yeah, it goes, oh, it goes a bookmark. Then a trading card, which would be cool art from Divinity, and then Steam Patriots. Then a patch. Then the the uh, the rough draft, uh, and that very different than the story is right now. I wrote it in 2012, yeah, and we pretty much, I would say, I don't know. It's like three editors got a hold of it, yeah, and tore it apart. Eighty five percent of it is not <laughs> the same, but it's fun because you get to see where we started the story. Uh, I wrote that as a um, national novel writers' month. Um, challenge i don't know if you're familiar with nano rimo yeah. oh my gosh i did that yeah. in college it was crazy <laughs> no i swear by it. i tell everybody do oh, it no you have to do it yeah you, you, you'll get because you get your story done because well, i mean what's the adage people say you can't edit a blank page well you can't if you edit your story to death and never get to the end you'll never get a story so just muscle through and i tell people you might start with a male human protagonist who halfway through the story turns into an alien Sasquatch on a spaceship on Mars. You, you don't know, but so be it, get the story done. So, and I, I muscled through it and then Rory did some editing and we kind of, so they're going to get the rough draft anyways. Sorry. I, I uh, diverted a little there, but that's what the stretch goals are. Are we want the more, the more the merrier and then everybody gets more extras uh, as the if if we keep reaching these these uh, milestones, um, so we ask everybody who's backed it to please share it because then you know if you backed it, you're going to get more. You get more goodies. So that's the that's the point of the stretch goals. The patch the patch Scott had designed is just incredible looking. It's it, it's it's so American Revolution, but so steampunk and so like if you were to see it, like you couldn't not look it up. That and we wanted and we wanted to come up with. We don't mind throwing like, you know, the brand and the Steam Patriots name on there, but we wanted to come up with extras that made people kind of feel like they were in the Steam Patriots world. So um, we created a, uh, a a battalion that will show up in the story, um, not in not in the first comic, but it will show up later on and made a flag for it. And so our buddy Dan, who couldn't be on the show tonight, um, Dan des- designed the, the the banner for it. So it looks, yeah, it looks like a uh, late 1700s. Um, military flag that will be made as a patch. So we'll be sharing that on the Kickstarter soon. People can see the, the image of the, the visual of that. Um, but the, and then you, you asked about the steam Patriots world. Um, so Rory and I were sitting around talking about cool stories and, and um, stories we like and how the, we, we started talking about steampunk um, and how that is very much in the Victorian England realm and middle of the 1800s. And sometimes the steampunk genre will go right up into about world war one. And then you kind of get into this, the diesel punk or whatever. I don't, it's a different punk, Um, but Victorian England. And there are some other stories that take place in the United States and elsewhere. Um, But we said, okay, so if it's an established world in the middle of the 1800s, it has to start somewhere. So I, I, we don't know, we don't know who came up with the idea, but Rory, I think you said, why not 
Why not America? Right. And then an American origin. And then one of us said, okay, so if we got to have a, have an origin story, well, who can we make uh, as a key figure? And we thought Ben Franklin and, um, get it, get it. Key figure. Get it. Yeah. Dad joke. Dad joke. We're going to be stealing that one. We didn't trademark that. Yeah. That, that, that better be on the patch. Just saying. Um, so we then so from there, so it was Ben Franklin. Uh, for all of you who have not looked looked up Ben Franklin, he did not invent the steam engine. We don't want to take away from Lycoming and Watts and all those other guys. But we in our world, we had Ben Franklin tweak the steam engine, and then by the late 1700s, um, they, there's a Franklin boiler that's kind of the like the Model T of the time, you know, they use this engine, this boiler to power things and carriages, there's boiler carriages. And then there's knockoffs of the Franklin boiler that are, aren't as quality. Um, in, in our, in our research, we wanted things grounded in historical fact that we could just you know, kind of play fun and fancy free with, but all the technologies that we'll be you know, introducing into the steam Patriots world existed at the time, just not in, not in great supply there was a patent for a Gatlin gun in England, yeah. but it was just so expensive to make. They, they couldn't have mass produced it. So all the things we're going to be hitting on and stealing from actually existed. Yeah. And this, yeah, and, and of course a little, a little bit of loose and free, but it's not that far away from reality at the time. So we're just going to put more gears on. Yeah. <laughs> we had, had gears and add steam. Um, just call it an alternate timeline. You can do whatever you want. It's like the yeah. it's like the Kelvin timeline. So yeah. oh. uh, that's Dave. That's that's, that's Dave's awesome. that's Dave's favorite. Dave's favorite. And now Dave is like going to tell everybody. Put some lens flare in your comic, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> lens flare in your comic. So. Oh, uh, so yeah, we, we have a lot of lens flares because if it doesn't, yeah, I'm, not I'm not supporting this without lens flares. It's all lens flares. <laughs> I, I, I keep them <laughs> here just in, you yeah, know, that's good. <laughs> I, like yeah. I have them right here. That's perfect. perfect. That's what you do. We, um, we, so we created a fictional hero and he's kind of got a, his, his superpower and I'm doing air quote superpower. He's just got a real good memory. Um, almost like, like the, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. He takes him on, you know, things slow down and he sees, he puts it all together. Um, but he's got, he's got an attitude. He's, he's 15 years old. So he's, he's gonna, we want to give him time for growth. He's a little snarky in the beginning, um, needs to get smacked around and learn his place in the world. But he, uh, he's going to work um, with, with Franklin briefly. I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but so he's got a, a really good mind and um, ends up becoming um, invaluable to the, the cause for freedom uh, in the story world. So book number one has a lot of, of course, introduction to characters and a little bit of laying the groundwork for the story world and um, action. We, we want definitely want through some action in there. And um, we just can't I can't wait to keep keep telling the story I, I, there's so much we have we have so much information to use i mean the story itself goes up into the barbary wars in 1800 we have so much content to use it's making it difficult to pare it down yeah. into comic book form otherwise we'd be writing encyclopedias right. of comic books yeah. it, 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 we we have plots written through war of 1812 we have um we've got another um 
uh, creative individual who wants to do a, he said a one shot, but I think his story is so cool that maybe he could do his own little spinoff for some other characters. It's just a world that we could keep growing. And we, all of our research, it's like Rory said, it's tough to trim it down. We have so many, so many open tabs on our browser oh. and so many spreadsheets and so many notes that, that they we, crash. Well, <laughs> yeah. um, it, and so much of it doesn't make it into the story. And I, I regularly say, I didn't want it to be, none of us wanted it to be a, like a magic school bus where he's flying around yeah. America and, and all the big events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we want it to be very um, natural and organic that he's going to stay geographically um, around Philly and New York city, a little bit into New York. He might go South a little bit, uh, literally. I mean, don't mean like that things go South. He's going to go <laughs> to the South Southern latitudes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so the first, the first story starts uh, August of 1776 when the British invaded Long Island is the battle of Long Island or the battle of Brooklyn Heights. Um, and then goes from there. Now this will be an ongoing series. So, um, yes, silver line, silver line is committed to the first four. So we will do a, a four part, um, series. And, uh, if it's successful, then we'll just keep going. That's our hope that it's successful mm-hmm. and we can just keep going with the story um, follow Felix. And then, like I said, maybe do a one shot here or there, a, a spinoff because the world is so, there's so much to drop and it's so well documented. There are so many um, storylines that we could follow and so many interesting characters. And we're, we're, we're spending so much time now drafting. So this first one's done. We're working so far ahead that it's just getting it easier to write and more interesting to write because the technology can progress at a pace. So you can introduce more, you know, I don't want to say. (laughs) We we also want to, just like in in any wartime, technology will, uh, seems to advance exponentially, uh, especially weapons of war. But so this will be the steam technology during the revolution that will kind of um, accelerate through the war. And uh, we don't know quite where we'll take it by 1781, well, we, we've got ideas. We just want to let the story, the story does, I hate saying write itself. That's not true. So it's a lot of work, but once you start writing and we are getting to know our character, especially Felix, uh, it's great to, it, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon when you write it, just, it, it keeps moving it along and you feel, you get inspiration from your fictional character and your, your, your story world. Um, and it's tough to trim stuff out. Yeah. And I like how, how Scott puts it when, we're writing steampunk in its infancy. So the technology is, is just barely more effective than actually riding a horse and carriage. Things break down a lot. There's a lot of levers, a lot of steam and smoke. Um, But, but it's just like, I mean, just like the the advent of any technology, it's big and clunky. Um, There was a, I don't know what the story is. Somebody saw a a broken down car and he was riding a horse and he yelled, get a horse, you know, because the car, um, car, people didn't trust the technology at the time. So um, that that's our that's our world. A lot of smoke, a lot of steam, a lot of and the vapors. What's that? And the vapors. People were always concerned about the bad air and the vapors. Vapors. People. Someone's going to get the vapors. Maybe the consumption. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, what drew you initially to like steampunk in general? You got into you know, why you settled on steampunk in America, but what drew you to the actual genre, the larger genre? Yeah. Versus, versus anything else you could write in. 
start. I got <laughs> steampunk. Um, just, just like any genre, just like sci-fi or fantasy, some of it can be really cheesy and like kind of cringy. Um, but what's great about steampunk is it seems to be a very accepting genre. You can take, uh, you can steam steampunkify sci-fi. You can steampunkify fantasy, and uh, it, it's it's a neat technology that uh, that's not too not too futuristic. Um, it has its limitations. I, I like, I like, it's like, it can be all things. Yeah. And, and, and stories in the steampunk world can be grittier. Um, and, uh, and, and I like the mechanical side of it. For me, I like, I like old machines. It's just me. I like old cars and old motorcycles and old tractors. And I like all the old engines and that sort of thing. So I like the, uh, the mechanical side of it. Uh, and the, the characters have to have a – there's a skill level, I guess, to have to operate whatever machine or whatever weapon they have. Um, it's not the automated world of, of um, super high-tech sci-fi, um, and it's not the magic world of fantasy. So there's – it's the, the machines and the people. Um, I, I think the whole steampunk world um, seems a little bit more romantic, I guess. That's good report. Yeah, yeah. It it sounds like you guys really want to have it grounded in like historical accuracy and like in history, like in kind of a less fantastical of a steampunk. And so I'm really one of the things, and we didn't write this question now, but it kind of occurred to me to ask this um, with today's push for more inclusion, more diversity, more representation. Do you guys have any plans of how to do that, given the limitations of what was going on in the world at the time? I think we're just going to just run with it, see where it takes itself. Because like I said, we're pulling from a lot of historical fact that we want to keep true to. So uh, whatever things come up in our in our historical research, we'll, we'll absolutely run with. Yeah, they're... Um... We want it to make sense. We don't ever want to uh, take away from people. Yeah, yeah, that's been yeah. big for us. We want to, so we never wanted to have Felix like jump in and win the day when a real person, when when General did it or General so and so or Lieutenant such and such really did it. Because I mean, really, if you think about it, their 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 descendants are still alive. They could say, "Hey, wait a minute, that was my." Great, 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 great grandfather that did this thing. Those are real people. We don't want to get um actually. Yeah, we, yeah, that, that too. We don't want to have anybody point out that that it, that's not how it actually went. So we've been looking for events that are a little obscure, or maybe were not documented. Or I use the example a lot at the Battle of Long Island. General Nathaniel Green was sick. He was not there. So he's a character that we can grab it. Maybe he was off doing something clandestine um, and we could use that. Uh, little t- we try to find those little tidbits of information that, that people don't know about. Um, things like, well, actually Turn, that, that miniseries Turn um, did a lot of that. It was good. But things like where John Andre was, you know, he was the, he worked with Benedict Arnold. They were the ones that were, you know, going to um, give up West Point. Um, uh, so we try to find those little nuggets, and and yeah, we we want to have a good representation of of characters, um, but have it feel natural and 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 fit the story world, um, and and in the steampunk world too, we don't want it to be 
over the top. You said we, we want to keep it grounded. We want, we really want it to be part of the story and, um, and simple and, and subtle without, without um, being like, I hate to say not a huge part of the story, but part of the story, but not, um, not the, the main focus. We really want it to be character driven around Felix and his development and his interaction. Like I said, he's going to start off as a 15 year old kid who, who needs a good smack upside the head. And by the end of the story, um, he'll, he'll grow. A 15 year old that's snarky and needs a good smack upside the head. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Exactly. I've that, never, that, never encountered any 15 year olds like that. Yeah. No, not, yeah. not at all. Not at all. I was They're never so mature. Nice. Hey, hey, hey. Dave, you know, this sounds, you know, as he's talking, I'm thinking a little bit about the connection here between uh, Dave for uh, those of you that don't know is a custodian, like a head custodian at our school and talk about boilers, mechanics and ways things function. Yeah. I, you know, I think of this a little bit. I was, as you're telling, I was talking, Scott, I'm thinking, ah, oh, Dave, this is kind of like, you know, the, the inner workings of things, the buildings of things. And uh, uh, this sounds fascinating from that standpoint. So I have, I have a question for you, Dave. Dave, have you ever, I, I know that you've done, you, you've been into some steampunk. Where does that fit into your interest of sci-fi as someone that's interested in the mechanics of things? It never has. <laughs> I, I, I've, and, and not, not, not for any re- other reason than I've never explored it. Okay. But hearing, and I never understood it, never even bothered to look into it. Can we be your gateway drug? Well, I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, hearing you guys talk about it, the romanticism of it as difference between the, the, the machines do it all themselves, sci-fi and the magic of fantasy and being in that real world thing that, that I'm not going to lie. That sparked something in my mind oh, there. Cool. cool. The engineer. And, and I, I'm, and honestly, I'm looking at this, the Kickstarter right now hearing you guys talking about it and, and taking the way you guys describe steampunk mixed with a, a time in, in our country's history that I love and I'm obsessed with this. I, I just put my Kickstarter thing into this now. So you guys right. are over $5,000. Oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, this, this has me drawn in right yeah. now I, yeah. i'm i'm excited for this i was cool. thinking of you when you were talking dave that you know, this sounds like it sounds like up your alley like you know in the conversations we've had about different things that you watched and been into it seemed like something that yeah. you'd be really much and, and and you guys in the when you were in the coast guard i'm gonna go out on the limb here and i'm probably gonna be 100 percent wrong but eh, you never know <laughs> were you guys engineers or something in the coast guard you know what well rory was in the engineering department i'm sorry it's okay. okay um and then I was, I was a decky and I was so, I didn't know when I went from boot camp to the ship, I, I got there and I was a decky. I was like, okay, I'm a deck. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I was so, boot camp was so like, here you go. Do your thing. Do go, 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 go. go. And then you're going to this buoy tender and okay. And um, so I, when I was there though, like the engine room and the engines on the, on the, it was a 1944, 180 foot buoy tender on Lake Michigan with two Detroit diesels. They were previously Atlas engines. Um, and I, I love the engine room. I loved it down there, but yeah, I, that wasn't me, but yeah, Rory was on a, 
Yeah, I was on a 210-foot cutter uh, stationed out of St. Petersburg, and we did, not, did nothing but patrols of Central, South America, Caribbean. And I was in the main propulsion department, so all the, all the big things, you know, the wrenches as big as your arm kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. So all the, you know, we had a two 16V Alcos. We had huge boilers and generators that would just, you know, I don't know. One, we never put oil in because it just made its own. It was, really, <laughs> <laughs> it was always full of so, oil. Yeah, yeah, like a, yeah. I love, yeah. I love the, the buoy tender was a World War II you know, yeah. vintage. Um, Lake Michigan is just as exotic as the Caribbean and South America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're actually really dangerous. Those lakes are not, oh, I mean, there's that saying Lake yeah. Superior does not give up her dead. So like when you yeah. said Lake Michigan, I was like, Whoa, yeah. Yeah. like we, that is, you just made my heart go bitter patter. Yeah. R- R- yeah. yeah. Rory's a, a Clevelander and I'm a, I'm a Western New Yorker. So Lake Ontario, like you're, you're right. People don't think about how quickly the lakes whip up. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the buoy tender, we, we couldn't work. And when it was bad, we went out a couple of times when it was bad, it was pointless. We just got the tar kicked out of us. Um, <laughs> but being on an old ship and I say, old, you know, forties was old, it's old, it's old. in the coast guard. <laughs> Everything's old in the coast guard. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a budget for anything. It takes a lot of engineers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that did, um, I, I've always loved old cars too, and I've got a, a, a 1950s style motorcycle. And I love, I love knowing, I love the mechanics of it. And and old vehicles without the computers, um, so it's just, it, it's again the romantic, like being being part of the machine, having to tinker. Some people hate that, and I get it. It's fine. They don't. They 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 want to hit a button and go, and that's great. I sometimes I want to hit a button and go and not turn a wrench, but. There's a romantic side of keeping a keeping a machine alive, keeping it running, having to adjust, you know, while on the fly. Um, you know, stuff like World War Two or World War One pilots and 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 old diesel boats. Reading those adventure stories of um, Indiana Jones kind of oh, era yeah. stuff and those, oh, those engines and those and those machines, old, old locomotives. It love I love it. I love it, and I could I, it, it. There's something. There's something deeper about it, at least for me. And I know that doesn't strike a chord with everybody, but if you... You, you become a part of it. And, yes, and yes, you, yes. you... you It's like a living being you're dealing it, with. It, it is. When you're learning every every fe- the features on it, you're learning its sound, its feel, mm-hmm. and just how you can get in there and tweak it. It's how I keep the air conditioning running in your side <laughs> of the building, Scott. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Bang it a few times. One... And- the air conditioner. He communes well, with it. To keep to, to make our Star Trek reference, right? The uh, next generation next generation episode with Scotty, and he, mm-hmm. he can't feel the engines running on the deck. He feel the deck plates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. The, uh, there you go. There you my, go. Uh, chief engineer on the boat. We couldn't wear you know uh, headphones or whatever. People listen to music because you had to hear the machinery and you had to feel the deck plates vibrate. Because mm-hmm. if you're walking by one and it's it's vibrating weirdly something's wrong yeah. and you gotta you gotta go immediately figure out what it is wow I, engineers there's I, a poem called the, the men who sail below that which is a great one about uh, nautical engineers yeah. and i yell enough times a year i can't make it any colder i'm giving her all she's got <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need 68 degrees yeah uh. <laughs> well, so um, I know you don't want to spoil the future of Steam Patriots, but can you give us any hints at all as far as where you think this might be going? Aha, uh-huh. okay. 
Okay. Well, without without spoiling the story. Well, spoiler: um, America <laughs> does win. Uh, I don't want to. No. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Yeah. That's I'm it. Sorry, folks. Sorry. But, um, so we all happened to our glorious queen. I know. I know. I know. I'm so worried about her. <laughs> um, we 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 are going to follow real history, and so 1781. Um, we're gonna do if it's if it's successful. So everybody out there, please, you know, keep keep us going. We love we want to keep this story going. Um, 1781. Siege of Yorktown, uh, Roy, uh, that holds a special place in our hearts. We, oh yeah, so yeah, um, Coast Guard, uh, one of the schools, one of their training centers is at is at Yorktown. So, um, oh yeah, to finish all that, we ended up both being Marine Science Technician, which is really just um, kind of like the nerds of the Coast Guard, the federal regulations, all that sort of stuff. But we got trained, spent two months in Yorktown, and it's that's right there. The bat, you, know, you walk through the battlefield. The battlefield is so cool. Cannonballs stuck in the brick buildings. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. We are going to take it to 1781, and we want that to be a, an epic moment in the yeah. story. So we have ideas. We are going to let Ben Franklin go do his thing. He goes off to France. Um, he's not in um, America for a good portion of the war. Um, we 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 might have him have some influence on on the French fleet when it shows up. Um, but that's that's down that's that's years down the road. At least story story world years. Um, we want to have uh, so the the story does open and, and Felix does uh, he finds some important paperwork in the beginning for a, a weapon um, that could, um, could turn the tide uh, for um, the continentals against the British, but the beginning, but um, I don't know what else I can tease. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> already. There you go. There you go. Um, they do a Kickstarter for each issue that comes out. At least for now, um, okay. so the Silverline model has been you been to use Kickstarter really almost as just the, the distributor, you know. So okay. it can get everybody to fund the first batch. They they're really pre-ordering. That's all Kickstarter. They're pre-ordering, pre-ordering. and then they have the opportunity to get bonus exclusive material that you that won't be available at another time. Right. So we try to make a big point about they can get original art. That um, one of our variant covers. They uh, they get the, the paper with with re- our, um, Tommy Flormonti, um, owner co-owner of Kablam. He inked on paper, so somebody already bought that. So somebody got that. Um, they can get originals of Divinity artwork. So those are the extras they can get. It's an opportunity for people to really gobble up all the goodies and extras. Right. And it's a fun way to really make the to make the fan base feel they're part of the the Silverline world. And I, th- I think it's it's working really well. After that. It'll be available on SilverlineComics.com, um, which they get from. Um, they use Indie Planet to print from. Um, we are SteamPatriots.us. They'll be able to order from there and uh, order you know, the, the twenty. Ours is a twenty-four page story, uh, the, the floppies. Uh, but Kickstarter works really well as a way to get it out there for the first run. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to say or plug uh, or before we go? Um, you already mentioned where we can find the comic and you already told us where they can buy it. If they, you know, if they're listening to this podcast, you know, a month down the road, the Kickstarter will be over, but obviously the comic's still going to be available. And you just mentioned where we can pick that up. Uh, but is there anything else you want to say uh, or before we go? Sure. Yeah. You can uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at steam Patriots. It's probably the best ways to, to follow us. We're most active on that. And if you 
want to watch the Wednesday and Sunday night streams. We talk about it constantly there, along with all the other creators at Silverline Comics. Yep. Uh, everybody's future projects, you get sneak peeks, because we usually have an artist or two live streaming them uh, drawing or inking or coloring. So it's a, it's a good behind the scenes. Is that yeah. Where does that stream appear? Is that on the Silverline Comics, Silverline Comics page, or is that um, yeah, everywhere? You can find it there, uh, Facebook Live, Twitch, uh, YouTube, YouTube, yes, uh, YouTube, um, you know, YouTube.com, and I think it's slash Silverline Comics. Silverline Comics. Um, so they you know, Sunday night and Wednesday night, nine to eleven Eastern, and uh, and Rory and I are trying really to kind of create a transmedia world where, with like the bookmark, with the patch, we have um, it's a uh, how is it? It's at Felix's Journal. Mm-hmm. Nothing's on there just yet, but we're uh, we got two posts, but we're going to try to create his journal. So if you really want to dive into the, the Steam Patriots world, there's going to be extras on Instagram. We want to create a, a world where you can you can get little bits here and there. And so uh, at Steam Patriots and at Felix's, of course, there's no apostrophe, Felix's right. journal on Instagram. And uh, for everybody that supported it, we are blown away and very humbled and very, and very thankful. So um, if you know, we, we've got more stories to come, we want to keep building the story world. So thank you for for supporting our, our comic book that's been over a decade in the making and finally seeing the light of day. And we're, we're, we can't be, I mean, like, uh, uh, David saying we, we piqued his interest. That makes yeah, man, that makes me that. really happy. So thank you. Yeah. thanks for pushing yeah. us over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Abs- abs- absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just glad that Felix has an Instagram page back in 1776. Oh yeah. Ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. I got totally yeah, steampunk. Very Using a Everyone steampunk phone. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't do what some of those other people do where they start making it a requirement for you to go off and read like the extra oh, no, stuff yeah. in order yeah. to understand more, yeah. i'm like no i like, don't it. do that yeah no. i will find a- you taxes. oh well like, what? You know. i bet i bet Cr- chrissy i bet i could get the address where he lives out of steve and terry so if you yeah, want oh, to yeah, go yeah. to so <laughs> i will well thanks guys so thanks yeah, guys thank so you. much for joining us tonight we really appreciate you taking time to sit down talk about the world of steam patriots talk a little bit about yourselves and uh steampunk in general and uh it's, it's been right. enlightening it's been learning and uh and uh who knows next time if you have another kickstarter out in the pike you want to come on uh, let us know we'll yeah, try to have you on I guess we'll just kind of end it there. This feels kind of weird. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. Oh, awkward turtle, yeah. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Scott and uh, Rory. No, it's, yes, it's Rory. Gross. Yeah. I feel like saying R. R. I don't have a good space right now. I had a, I've got another room that's, that's, uh, a sunroom, but it's now now that it's summertime, it's not appropriate. So I had to spruce up the basement somehow. Uh, <laughs> best I'm digging it. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it. I just feel like this now would have been more appropriate on like late in September when we talk the pirate day. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But then we would be obligated to do the entire podcast yeah. as pirates. Yes. So. And that, see, now we'll be obligated to say, "Are you ready for this?" So. I've not met any of you. Um, Who's friends with Stephen Terry? Oh, that's me. Well, and Miles. Miles, you know Stephen Terry. I know Stephen Terry, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I forgot, Scott. You were the one that initially set us up, and I interviewed a bunch of people from Silverline, just never you. Yeah. 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 Now now it's it's our book. Yeah, there you Uh, go. Awesome. uh, It's a good chance to talk to you. uh, uh, Yeah, so with us, uh, so... This is Chrissy Rathisberger. He's over here. He's cat tail waving in the background. Um, and uh, and then Dave Sellers is up in the upper corner. I don't know what what he's on in your screen, but um, he's over there. And then Miles McLaughlin. And uh, Miles has been helping me host the show for, what has it been, 11 years now? Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Dave, and, Dave and Chrissy, did you come on about the same time? I think so. Maybe. I think you guys came you on came about on a little before me. I think. Yeah. Well, I had I had like guested like a couple times yeah, before we, you, yeah. and then I think you actually came on officially before I came on officially. Yeah. Oh. I think that's what it is. They were. I think M was on like something. Was she taking classes or something? And you decided you still needed a female voice, and then Kristen was like, "So my old intern. That's a right, right. nerd. <laughs> right. Right. So. Anyways, it's been like two or three years you guys have been with us. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, just so we got this right, it's Scott Wakefield and Rory Boyle, right? Yes. And uh, and you're co-writers for the Steam Patriots. So the Kickstarter was for both Divinity and Steam Patriots. Right. Correct. Right. Yes. Uh, All right. Yeah. Um, And we had interviewed uh, Miles or Dave. We interviewed R. A. Jones. Didn't we? Yes, you did. Yeah. I was going to say, I forget. I forget. I don't know which one of you was on that call when we did that. We had a good interview with him. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's got some bona fides. He's a veteran in the industry, so yeah, absolutely, he, and he can talk. Yeah. <laughs> so what so we, are you, go are ahead. you gentlemen also writing Divinity? Also, no. So that's that is R. A. Jones and Barb Calvert. Okay. And okay. Um, Silverline has been pairing up titles on the campaigns to get them out faster mm-hmm. um, and uh, also to offer something unique for the Kickstarter campaign so people can get a flip book. It's the only chance they can get this edition, you know, the, the combo. Uh, afterward, they can order them by themselves, but right now, okay. it's, so it's, it's a unique item that is Kickstarter exclusive. Okay, oh, okay so I gotcha. Okay. And, I, and, and what's awesome, you guys have made your goal already. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. That's so, exciting. With yeah, what, yeah. with the, what nine days to go or something? Ten days to go? Uh, yeah, nine and change. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I slowed. I haven't been refreshing my browser every thirty seconds. <laughs> 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 now, now so every thirty minutes. Yeah. 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 Thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a is that a Borg mug? Oh, 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 that is yes. Oh. Yes, right. Nice. I, I got a. We're at my house. I, I, I would love to. I guess that's both credit for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's Good awesome. choice, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Yeah, it's CO2. Uh, and then Miles and Dave are really diehard Star Trek fans. So. Yes, yes, indeed. On our, on our Wednesday show, I host the Silverline does two shows, and um, I say host. I mean, really, I'm just the guy that kind of keeps the conversation going. Um, but we've, we've joked about having a Wednesday wham bingo because um, uh, one guy will invariably, invariably bring up X-Men. Another guy will invariably bring up... What's that? Nick Cage? We'll bring up Nicolas Cage. And uh, I will always try to work in a Star Trek reference. Even if I have to shoehorn it in there, I'll bring it. It's <laughs> like you just gave me the perfect drinking game on a Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two shots for every Star Trek reference. <laughs> <laughs> it. Wow, you're going generous there, Chrissy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's wor- if he has to work for the Star Trek reference, I'm going to have to give him at least... It's not really? Weird. Okay. If he knows, if he knows you're listening, he's going to start putting it in there. Okay. <laughs> 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 you usually, I have to hold it off because I can usually point everything back to Star Trek or The Simpsons. Those are my two. I, I can almost always work in those references. Possibly both now. <laughs> there you go. There you go.